Welcome to So Wait Pause, the podcast where we pair a good and a bad movie and get drunk while we do it. This is Ashley, and I'm here with my favorite drinking buddy, Sean. Hi. Hey, we have floors. Okay, we have like four square feet of floors. <laughs> we have floor. <laughs> we have uh, kind of. Hey, we don't have holes into our crawl space anymore. That is true. That's the definition of a floor. <laughs> You're not wrong. There's something that upon which we can stand. Yeah. So if you're confused by us being excited about floor, <laughs> they started laying down our kitchen tile this week. Um, for the past month, because plumbing was done pretty early on in the project, we have had two very large holes just in the center of our kitchen that lead directly to our crawl space. Just dirt, bugs. Animals, who knows? <laughs> the, no one seemed concerned but Sean and I <laughs> about this. But the worst part is that we had that while we also had like all like the ceiling torn out to our, our attic. So it was just direct exposure to the elements of both our attic and outside from the crawl space. Yeah. So when I was primarily worried about this back when the holes were first made and we didn't know what might come up through them. Uh, I had a dream that a raccoon got into our house and that we didn't know how to catch it or how to get rid of it. And so I had this idea that I would just turn it into a pet. Okay, I'm really sorry to interrupt you, but you were you were doing your Christian service and getting beverages for us to drink. And you got me a, a hard seltzer. Yeah, you said you liked the hard seltzers. You had one. No, well, remember we figured out I'd had the shandy. This t just tasted like cleaning solution. Like, this tastes like what our floors smelled like when they put the glue down. <laughs> like, this is horrible. It's from one of the uh, local yeah, places. I, I won't even put them on blast. And, oh, it was, uh, I don't like it. Sorry. It's, it's a grapefruit one. Yeah, multiple people told me that one was good, and that's why I got it. Oh, my God. It, and it looks beautiful. Like, the artwork on the can is so nice. But my God, it just tastes like I drink some type of, like, chemical solution. Ugh. Well, my drink is fine. <laughs> I got the special, like, Jaw Morant version of uh, Bill Street Brewing's Hazy Pale Ale. I'm going to try one more sip. We'll see. Blech. Nope. Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? I mean, what's wrong with it? It tastes like the chemicals we've been smelling for the past three days. You want to try it? No. <laughs> Not if it's that bad. No, oh, no, 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 no. What's very rude is that it's a grapefruit flavor. My favorite LaCroix that I drink all the damn time, which is a seltzer, mind you. <laughs> it's a grapefruit LaCroix. This is trash. Like, I need to, like, write into them and <laughs> tell them that they cannot market this as a grapefruit. Okay. I mean, again, I thought it would taste like LaCroix with some alcohol Yeah, Gross. Okay, sorry. So raccoons are in our house taking over. Yeah, I'll not get those hard ciders again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try a little bit in a minute and see if it's as bad as you say. Uh, you are very picky with flavors, so Blah! we'll see. Um, but yeah, so about the raccoon. <laughs> so in my dream, we got a raccoon in here because I was worried, you know, in real life, not in waking life, I was worried about squirrels because we have squirrels all around our house. And I know that squirrels can get probably into the crawl space, right? Yeah, and, and just to preface, we've had like a two and a half year saga of trying to get squirrels from getting into our attic. Yeah, and <laughs> they are finally gone, at least for now. But my fears were also reinforced by one of our pest control people coming. The termite guy came and he left the crawl space cover off. So not only do we have these big holes that go from our crawl space up into our house, we also had a human sized hole straight to the outside leading into the crawl space. So it would have literally just been a direct path. That they could have walked literally straight, basically, from where that entrance right. is. We basically were inviting them into a, a somewhat cool home yeah. for, you know, those hot summer days. Just come on in. But luckily, nothing did come in other than some, you know, spiders and stuff like that. But no mammals <laughs> that I could tell of so far. But in my dream, a raccoon got in. And maybe it's because I've been watching those TikTok videos of like this woman who has a raccoon as a pet. Is it also because you think our dog looks a little bit like a raccoon? That might have something to do with it. I mean, she does kind of look, well, so it's more she, like a fox. She looks like a fox. But 
when we had this raccoon, we didn't know how to get rid of it. And we, for whatever reason, didn't want to pay to have somebody come and like deal with it, like okay. animal control. Well, that's how you know it's a dream because you and I literally will pay for anybody to come do anything we don't want to do. No, yeah. And well, <laughs> we're the least handy people in the entire universe. But the realistic part is that when we didn't pay someone to do it, we were basically just like, I guess we'll keep it as a pet. Oh my God. Not force it out of our home because we didn't know how to. So we're basically like, maybe if we just leave food out for it, <laughs> we can like slowly <laughs> turn it like into a domestic. <laughs> we just call it Ida B like our dog. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but that's all I remember of that dream. We just decided we were going to have a raccoon as a pet. Wow. Yeah, but no raccoons. I haven't seen any raccoons around our house. I did one time in our rental house hear a raccoon right outside the window. Mm -hmm. And it was the most like, terrifying sudden <laughs> noise in the middle of the night i've ever heard just screaming yeah if nobody's heard what a raccoon sounds like especially when it's fighting i think it was two raccoons fighting and that's what it was and it was surprisingly close to our back window our bedroom window so imagine that it's like 11 p.m right it's dark outside mm -hmm. it's quiet in the room you're sitting there getting ready for bed or something watching tv and all of a sudden you just hear like a blood curdling animal scream <laughs> like go, go on youtube and look up like what does a raccoon sound like right uh it's not what you think so it's not just like chittering you know they're not like like it's not like that it's like literally like loud screaming <laughs> when they're at least when they're fighting so that was terrifying that would be the worst aspect of having a raccoon as a pet but according to the tiktok at least the people who have raccoons as pets they train them they kind of just live their life wasn't there a famous instagram uh, yeah, Pumpkin the Raccoon. It's yeah. my favorite. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, they can live in a house. Well, I'm looking at our raccoon and understanding that we can't have another one. <laughs> yeah. If, you might be able to hear it in the background right now, but we have our raccoon, a.k.a. our dog, Ida B, up on the couch, which is right by where we're recording. And she is trying to make as much noise as possible right now on the cushions. Yeah. Like right next to Sean's mic. She doesn't really care. Yeah, she's like, F your podcast. Well, this week I resumed a business travel, which had been on hiatus for a year and a half. Yep. You know what I realized? That you don't go to exciting places? Yes. But also, I hate people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Post-pandemic is a hard sell <laughs> to me because like... You know what I mean? Like, I don't want there to be a pandemic. I don't, I want everything to be open. I want the option to go out. I don't really want the like expectation <laughs> that I'm going to be out all the time like I used to be. Maybe it's also just getting old. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, it feels like we have to retrain everybody on how to like be functioning humans in society. And I include myself in that. Like when I go to like a, like a counter or something to order food or like a coffee or something. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I stumble over my words. Like, I literally don't know what I'm doing. But it is like, I mean, going through security at the airport, it's like people have never done it before. Even the people in the pre-check line, people don't know how to walk. People don't know how to behave. They really don't know how to fly on airplanes anymore because mm. I was reading about the, that spike in belligerent airline yeah. passengers. Exactly. It's led to like a historic number of people saying that they're like afraid to fly because... I mean, it's been so frequent. It's, well, I wish I'd be afraid to fly and stop flying because yeah. I would like I would like some space. Well, no, no, no. Not the people being belligerent. The people who aren't being belligerent are the ones that are scared to fly. I know. I would like them to continue to be scared to fly oh, well, so I can so have more space. So stuck with the angry people? <laughs> I can handle that if it's not a full flight. Yeah. It's like I read some of the stats on it and it's the highest by far that they've ever had customer issues right well it's why southwest and americans said that they're not resuming um serving alcohol in the main cabins yeah um until the mass ban is supposed to be lifted in september right well and i mean some of the issue i mean it's not even drinking it's just like um, obviously the mask thing they don't like that they don't want to follow that mm -hmm. that's not even what all the fights are about so like originally i think when when flying resumed and they still required masks those types of people that you know never wanted to wear a mask were raising fights about it. But now it's extended beyond that. It's just people like they don't want to do anything. Like if you tell them they can't put their bag where they put it, like that's going to cause a blow up. Yeah. They've had a record number of planes grounded mm -hmm. from passengers fighting. Mm -hmm. It's like, what happened? <laughs> like over the pandemic, it's like, I understand that like things are divisive and whatever, but I don't even think it's that. I think people just got like increasingly like belligerent and aggressive. Well, so when I was flying home on Tuesday and I flew home on United and I hate United, so I have no problem putting their employees on blast. <laughs> um, the flight attendant 
he had to like come over like the speaker me like we can't leave the gate until people have their mask over their nose and it was very much directed at a family that was sitting one row behind me mm-hmm. who like just they were not having it with mask oh, and my dumb ass I, I hate myself too like i like looked behind me like yeah. just out of like a reflex and definitely made like eye contact with one of the people and i probably might have instigated their anger and <laughs> uh-huh. me doing that but you should also know that Ashley has a really resting, like, angry face. Oh, right? yeah, so, I, like, <laughs> she looks very, very unhappy when she's just looking. <laughs> right. You know, like, uh, so that probably didn't help in this situation. Probably. But, I mean, like, they, they didn't say anything to me, but I literally spent the next two hours of my flight like being like, oh, shit, they totally think I hate them. Which, I mean, I didn't love them. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> but, like, one of the women in the family, she was just, like, starts mumbling to herself. It's so stupid. Like, you've got to have a mask. And you can't fly a fucking plane if you don't even have a blah, 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 blah. And the flight attendant who, like, got over the speaker was, like, walking by and, like, checking, uh, like, seatbelts mm-hmm. at that time. And he was like, I know, it's so stupid. And she's like, oh, no, like, I was just talking to myself. He's like, no, I think it's really stupid. And I was like, okay, well, this is this is great whenever you have the person who's supposed to enforce this telling people it's stupid. It's like when we were flying back from Cancun the first time and that flight attendant was just sitting talking to one of the first class people who never put their mask on. And that was like in December during, during the pandemic yeah. when people weren't yet vaccinated and they just were never putting them up and they never really enforced it and. They also had their shoes off, put their bare feet on the side of the thing. Yeah, I just decided that was a universe saying, fuck you, Ashley, for thinking you can travel right now. Yeah, it's just funny because, like, you had people like that. And then you had, like, I remember another one of the first class rows where this was this family and they were all wearing hats that had built, built-in face shields. Do you remember those? They were like baseball hats, but they had face shields attached to them. Yes. And then under the face shield, they were wearing masks. Yeah, man, it looked like the Teletubbies came in with some face shields on the plane. That one actually kind of did look kind of weird because there's all those Teletubby colors yeah. and they were each wearing a different one. But I'd rather that than than the other people. Yeah, that's that's for sure. So we left last week on a cliffhanger. And by a cliffhanger, I mean a cliffhanger. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're on a cliff. Um, and that I had announced my movie picks and then... Sean predicted what my original pick was, and then I felt weird, and then I couldn't decide what I was actually doing. So we are pairing Heavyweights, which is the movie that I was choosing everything around, and Dodgeball. It's really a perfect pairing, and I'm not against it by any means the other pairing that you had. And I definitely think that we should... What's the name of that movie again? Don't Think Twice. Right. We should choose that as a good movie at some point in time. It's a really good movie, and we haven't seen it since theaters. But there's so much to connect. It's not just, you know, um, Ben Stiller, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot to connect the two. One being that in both, he's like a crazy fitness person Mm -hmm. who comes in. And I also read something about Dodgeball where, like, the reason that Ben Stiller really wanted to do that character in Dodgeball was because of heavyweights. Oh, really? And he loved doing the character in heavyweights. Oh. But he was like, nobody saw heavyweights. Oh. Well. So, so I wanted to rep- like reprise that role. Well, okay. That makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, so it's like a, a lot of connections. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, so I'm making heavyweights my good movie and Oof. dodgeball my bad movie. Mm-hmm. As a preface, like, dodgeball is like everything I hate. Like... I, we've joked many times about how I don't like comedies. Yep. I do not like slapstick humor, like what this is. Most Ben Stiller stuff is not stuff for me. I mean, like, I liked Zoolander, and I will say I liked Dodgeball, like, when I was, like, much, much, much younger. But as an adult, like, this is just not the stuff that How did makes you me feel happy. about um, Meet the Parents? Hated Meet the Parents. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also in Duplex. Did you ever watch that one? Mm-mm. I liked that one. I can't remember who who he's married to in that one. I don't know. He was in a lot of movies that I like. Yeah. So here's the real twist here, though. So I went to go look up Heavyweights. I was like going to find a synopsis so I can read it because I'm going to read it right now. Yeah. And we've decided that we think Rotten Tomatoes has the best synopsis for most movies. Yep. Heavyweights is a 26 on Rotten. Yeah, that's not great. Yeah, but I don't know. I hope that this is like a color out of space 
type thing where we're making it the good movie. And if it's bad, it's so bad that it's great. I think it's going to be good because I don't think I've seen this since I was a kid. And it's the type of show I probably would have seen it like on the Disney Channel, not in the theaters or or by renting it or something. Yeah. So for those who have maybe not ever seen Heavyweights or it's been a while. So this movie came out in uh, 2000. No, it did not. In 1995. I didn't know that it was written by Judd Apatow. Yeah. But let me read a quick quick synopsis. So uh, Jerry is not looking forward to his summer vacation since he'll be spending it at a camp for overweight boys in order to shed pounds. Fortunately, a kindly couple, the Bushkins, run the camp and make the process fun and relaxed. However, they're soon forced to declare bankruptcy and sell the camp to Tony Perkins, who has been stiller a fitness fanatic who turns the camp into a living nightmare of the over-the-top training. But the kids plan to fight back. Sounds like a 90s movie. It does sound like the perfect 90s movie, if you will. It's also a very 90s movie poster cover. It is. <laughs> uh, they're like holding a huge like sandwich, right? Yeah. Like one of those like party, sub. party subs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think Keenan Thompson is in this, isn't he? Is he? I think he's one of the overweight kids. He probably is. I'm almost entirely certain. Um, I know that guy who's in the Mighty Duck movies who's now like a crazy looking Coke guy. Is he in it? Yeah, he's in it. I can't remember that guy's name. I can't either. I can tell you in a second, though. There are a lot of people in this that don't remember their name. Is the uh, kid, well, now man, from uh, Mean Green in it? He was in all these types of movies up in that time period. Um, you know the one who played the goalie? Uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, Sean Weiss is who I'm talking about. Remember the... The guy who looks crazy now. Yeah, I remember you showed me something about him. I'm not seeing a Kenan Thompson. Doesn't mean he's not. Yeah, he is. He is in it. You're right. It's so weird because on IMDb, it's all these like people's like adult pictures. And yeah. I'm like, I don't remember them in the movie. <laughs> a lot of them aren't overweight anymore. That's one thing. That is true. So a lot of them look pretty substantially different. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Are you ready for some drinking rules? Yes. Okay, so our rules for tonight are coming from realdrinkinggames.com, real spelled R-E-E-L, because you know, puns. This is actually the site that really kicked off our, our drinking game nights when we started this tradition. Really? Yeah. What did you use it for? National Treasure? National Treasure, we used it for Harry Potter, we used it for Marvel, mm. but then we found Drink One, which we really like. Yeah. Okay. So, according to them, they have more rules than I care to add, so I'm just going to be choosy here. Drink every time they say captain, fat, or MVP. There's an announcement over the PA. Tony ruins or destroys a part of the old camp. And the Perkis system is mentioned. You said Perkis? That's like his like uh, like diet plan that he's always filming for. Okay. What's his name? Uh, Tony Perkis. Oh, Tony Perkis. I thought you said a different last name last oh, time. I was no. a little confused. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. I'm really excited for this. I hope it's better than in 26. Yeah, who knows? I mean, some of those Disney movies that we watch, I'm sure if you rated them now or went back and looked at their reviews, they're probably horrendous, right? But we like them, or at least they're nostalgic, so we watch them. Right. <laughs> like uh, Zetus Lapidus. Right. <laughs> what, what is that movie called again? Xenon Girl, the 21st Century. Yeah, that one. I'm sure that the rotten on that can't be good, right? I hope it's below a 26. I mean, we rewatched it recently, and it's not good at all. Okay, I'm looking it up now, because now I have to know. Also, think about this. Talking about Xenon just for a second. Imagine that you have free reign to talk about, like, any future you want. You're the writer of this made for Disney movie, mm-hmm. and you can make the 21st century look however you want it to. That writer envisioned a world in which all cars everywhere are VW bugs. <laughs> well, probably because I'm sure v- Volkswagen had some type of partnership or sponsorship for this film. <laughs> I'm certain, but just imagine there being a time period where we thought that the the new bug mm-hmm. not the old bug right. right but the new bug mm-hmm. that we all now remember who, that i don't even think is made anymore that we thought that was the most futuristic looking car <laughs> <laughs> it's not even electric or anything it's just like that's what we thought was like the epitome of technology well i'm here to tell you that xenon has a 62 on Rotten tomatoes that is absolutely insane that is the inverse of what heavy weight has. that is crazy <laughs> What, uh, so what does Phantom of the Cineplex have? Oh, I wonder. That's another I'm... one that we watched. But again, not a good movie. 
It's Phantom of the Megaplex, by the way. Megaplex. You wouldn't know because you slept through it. I saw it as a kid. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even laugh. Like so, uh, <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, Phantom of the Megaplex has one critic review, so it can't have a score. <laughs> <laughs> it only has one critic review. Yeah. Does it say what that review was? Uh, let's see. Hey, it was fresh. An unusual but entertaining decom. <laughs> What is a decom? Oh, Disney, Disney, Channel, Disney. Channel, yeah, Channel okay. original movie. Yeah. That really doesn't have his heart in the right place. <laughs> that's, that's like the critic version of bless her heart. <laughs> uh, wow. That's surprising. I wonder who wrote, wrote that. Uh, well, I can tell you. Uh, it is Felix Vasquez Jr. from Cinema Crazed. Cinema Crazed. Huh. Never heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what why they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't give him his rating into the score. <laughs> Is that the like one review that they played? <laughs> like when they had the commercial for, um, for that no, movie? No, because that movie came out in 2000 and uh, Felix wrote that in 2013. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> A little behind on the game there. Yeah. I would understand it more if it was like after Disney Plus came out, right? When you now have easy access to all these. Yeah, no. I just want to know who's sitting around and they finally found a, what, 11-year-old Disney year channel. Old. Wait, what did you say? 13-year-old. What What year was it that it came out? 2000. Oh, 2000. Okay. So, yeah, 13-year-old Disney Channel movie that's not on streaming? Like, how did he find this? And why did he write a review about it? And I felt the need to write a review that said it had its heart in the right place. What a weird thing. So, heavyweights. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that does make me a little sad. I'm sure there are a couple critics. We need to follow Felix and see. <laughs> this will become like screen it. Right. Where we, uh, we'll just follow him around, see what else he's reviewed. Yep. I love old Roger Ebert reviews too, whenever you can find them, because every once in a while, you know, he was known as like a pretty harsh critic. And, you know, when he didn't like something, he gave it pretty low. But there are weird things that could win Roger Ebert over. Like we've looked at a couple of our... Uh, back when he was actually the one doing Roger Ebert reviews, right? Mm -hmm. There are a couple of these bad movies that we've chosen that are really bad and that have critic scores that are really low, like 20-something. Mm -hmm. And Roger Ebert just loved them. Like, like four out of five stars. Yeah, like thought that they were so good. Movies that you would never think are that good. Yeah, well, one that we're particularly thinking about we'll actually bring to the show one time and we'll bring that review. Yeah, that was a great one. Okay, before we go have heavyweights, will you take a sip of the seltzer? Okay, I guess I'll try it on air. Yeah, we're trying to give each other this while being connected to microphones. Okay, let me prepare myself. Okay, I just want you to think of a grapefruit LaCroix. Okay, the smell is not great. Mm, okay. That's one one issue that I'm having so far. <laughs> it's not nearly as bad as you said. You are such a liar. No, this isn't nearly as bad. I thought I was going to be like disgusted by this. I feel like I just drank from aldehyde. Like, my mouth is, like, I've been miserable ever since I took a sip. No, that's not bad at all. Wow. It's not, like, maybe you were expecting it to be really carbonated and fizzy like LaCroix, and it wasn't. No, I was expecting not to have chemicals in my mouth. I don't think that's nearly, I thought it was going to be, like, rancid. Uh, okay. Well, let's go watch Heavyweights. <laughs> <laughs> now you're angry that I didn't also hate this. Well, I knew no matter what you're going to say, you didn't hate it because you love acting like I'm overdramatic about these types of things. No. Well, you are overdramatic about them. But what this reminds me of is, um, have you ever been to like a Israeli grocery or like a, sometimes they're in like Mediterranean type grocers? Yeah. Like, what are you asking? Okay. So there are these kind of, they're not sodas, but they're kind of like fruit flavored carbonated drinks mm -hmm. they're not quite like LaCroix or mm -hmm. something like that uh they're more heavily flavored that's kind of what this tastes like okay well enjoy it yeah there used to be one that was right under my uh, apartment in undergrad so i used to go down there and get some sometimes they had like peach and grapefruit and all those flavors uh, yeah not not so bad we'll see i'll keep drinking it maybe maybe it'll get worse but regardless we won't uh rat out which uh <laughs> local brewery it was that made this um, you could probably figure it out because probably only one made hard seltzers but bye <laughs>
So it wasn't necessarily made for Disney movie. No, I don't think it was like a Disney Channel original movie. That's what I mean. Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was really good. As somebody who hates Ben Stiller, I loved Ben Stiller in this. I mean, this is kind of what he's like in Touchball. I know. Like, I understand, like, he's playing, like, the same exact character. But it's just, like, I even, like, joked that when he's being introduced and, like, <laughs> he's trying to be, like, a motivational speaker and, like, talking to the kids. I was like, this is exactly what I'd be like, like, trying to pump up some kids. Like, I'll teach you <laughs> something and you'll probably teach me something, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's literally, <laughs> like, how I deal with kids. Speaking of that, though. Something about this movie is that throughout the whole thing, it's, so it's from 1995, mm-hmm. and boy, did it feel like it, mm-hmm. because everything, everything we talk about from with 90s movies or just bad 2000s movies, so you have uh, sound effects. Right. I'm glad that we got away from this. Right. I, it was kind of like, we went through an era of like cartoonishness. Right. Where it wasn't just kids movies like this that had it there were other comedies right where like you know so somebody gets hit in the stomach so it's like dong or like right or you like know, at one point it was like keenan's like audible gulp yeah well so the audible gulps we've had before but like i just mean the the random sound effects yeah. where it's like you get hit in the head so it's like a cowbell right. or like a right like right, that right, type right. of thing like a frying pan so- sound right. we've luckily gotten away from that that's kind of like looney tunes you know like but applied to real life movies right so, glad that we got away from that. It has a lot of that in there. It has every stereotype in the book, yeah. like, ranging anything. Anything you can imagine that's a stereotype is in this. Right. The Apache Relay at the end. Oof. <laughs> where you have, like, the fratty kids in their, like, Greek togas versus the overweight kids in their weird fake headdresses. Right. Which definitely has not aged well. <laughs> no. I will say, while overly 90s... This movie was made up mostly of kid actors, and I thought that they were, like, good. Like, they weren't, like, the, like, especially during this era of, like, kid acting, like, you definitely had, like, like you could tell, like, they're just, like, reading off a script of, like, golly gee, I'm so sad. All these kids were funny, which, I mean, makes sense. Like, Kenan Thompson's now, like, the most successful SNL cast member of all time. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the kid actors in this were also kid actors in, in other Disney movies. Yeah, and- for sure. Mighty Ducks and yeah. all that type of stuff. Right. Keenan, I think this was during or right before he was on all that. Yeah. Uh, and then had his own show. I, I can't remember the exact timeline that he started those, but it would have been right around the same time. Right. We also have to talk about my favorite character. Which is who? Lars. Oh, Lars. Lars was so great. So Lars is like one of the people under uh, Tony Perkis's new system who's like very militant and like... We think Swedish, German or Swedish. I think he's German. <laughs> and he's just horrible, but he's so funny. Yeah. I mean, he was really good. There were a lot of, uh, another one that was surprising to us was Paul Feig. Okay. That was shocking to me. Like, I know who Paul Feig is. Like, I know him well. I know his movies. I had no clue that that was Paul Feig in this (laughs) yeah he was in the movie because normally he does like he switched more to like directing producing writing right but yeah he was acting in it i know he acted in other 90s like comedies yeah like but that's the thing is that like yeah like i definitely recognize him from all the stuff of that era but i've just never connected (laughs) that's the paul feig who's making melissa mccarthy movies today yeah and he's making a ton of movies uh ever Mm -hmm. since and also you brought up judd apatow had a role in this and i actually read something interesting about judd apatow which was that Judd Apatow was attempting, so this connects to last week, Judd Apatow was attempting to date Leslie Mann, who he later married. Yeah, I was about to say they're married. <laughs> in this time period, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but at the time, he was trying to like... Woo her? Yeah, to woo her. And he did that by showing her heavyweights. I mean, if I didn't know you and you told me, hey, watch this movie that I wrote, I'd be like, okay, we can date. <laughs> <laughs> when I guess, I don't know, like how famous she was in 95 so like maybe it was just impressive that like he had written and get out like i think he helped produce right. this movie or maybe not producing but he had some other role in it right other than just writing it oh okay i'm pretty sure i think his like name showed up multiple times in the credits mm-hmm. which is pretty early for judd apatow because it wasn't yet mm-hmm. the height of judd, judd apatow movies right which i more associate with the late 90s through 2000s right of, like, all movies were Judd Apatow movies. Right. Comedy-wise. Yeah, for sure. 
Also, uh, Ben Stiller's parents, both, yeah. both of them were in it. Yep. Even though Ben Stiller's character's father appears in it and is not played by Ben Stiller's real dad, it's played by himself. Ben <laughs> so he Stiller. Plays, he plays both <laughs> characters at once. But Yeah. This really did hit on all of like the 90s movie tropes, which we were talking about like a moment ago. But like, I've never seen a movie that had so many tropes that I still was enjoying all the way through. Yeah. You know, like... It was like we were like giggling every time there was like a trope, but like I, especially the first half of the movie was, a, I think, a legitimately really good movie. Well, I mean, the first half was probably like a little stronger than the second. The second half got wackier. Right. Especially because that's like everybody knows that in this type of movie, you know, you had the bad counselor come in and then you're just going to be like a revolt of some sort and the kids are going to fight back. Right. That's right. like the premise of all of these. When that begins to happen. It gets kind of insane yeah. <laughs> to some extent. <laughs> there was one point where we're like, do we feel bad for Tony Perkos? <laughs> I mean, a little bit when he was kidnapped or whatever. But beyond that, it what it kind of reminded me of was a kid version of Wet Hot American Summer. Which I think is what it was trying to be. It probably... Well, so Wet Hot American Summer came out after this. It did? I'm almost entirely certain that it did. We let need me, a fact Let me look that, that up. So uh, Wet Hot American Summer... As we've talked about before, um, I think that was the first thing that Michael Showalter created. I have no clue. I think he had acted in some other things before that. Yeah, so What Hot American Summer is from 2001. So there's a good chance that it was ripping off heavyweights. (laughs) I... Because, like, the chef that they have in this wears the exact outfit. Like, the cook. Yeah. That works in the cafeteria. Yeah. It's a good chance that Wet Hot American Summer stole that. And I think a couple of the characters overlap, too. That's the other thing. So, like, the guy who plays the cameraman, I can't remember that guy's name right now, but he was in a lot of comedies. Yeah. I'm almost entirely certain that that guy is in Wet Hot American Summer. Um, I'm not positive, but maybe. I can't remember. Well, this blew my mind that it came out afterwards. Yeah. And, like, a, like six years later, not even, like, just, like, a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, this was a really early movie, and something that I was reading about when you, after you announced it was that Ben Stiller did not think anybody watched this. And so that's one of the reasons that he wanted to go, because it didn't make very much money. It didn't gross very much. Right. So he ended up trying to like kind of reprise the role in some ways in Dodgeball. But I was reading like an interview with him where he was like, well, obviously, a lot of people watched Heavyweights. They just didn't go see it in the theaters. <laughs> they ended right. up watching it. On the Disney Disney Channel. Channel. (laughs) So it's like a ton of people saw it, but nobody paid to see it. And so everybody thought it was a huge fail. Um, So I did look it up. Um, The guy who's the camera guy is Alan Covert. He was not in Wet Hot American Summer, but he was in every single Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. I mean, he's in a ton of of things. Yeah. Okay. I thought the drinking rules were great. Yeah. The drinking rules worked throughout. Like every single one hit perfectly. Yeah, especially the, so anytime they say fat, because of course that's a huge one. Mm-hmm. Um, MVP. MVP was another big one, because they're in a surprising mm-hmm. amount of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also a, an all-girls camp, but you only see them one time. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't a drinking rule, but that was something that I thought was going to play maybe a bigger role in this. Yeah, but I'm fine that it wasn't. Yeah. You know, I think, what, so like, you know, like I cut some of the rules from that website because there was just too many. Uh-huh. One of the ones I cut was anytime Tony references his infomercial. Uh-huh. That would have been a good one to keep in. Yeah, because he's making an infomercial the whole time, and it's right. really hilarious. It's so funny. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes rated this a 26. What are you rating it? It's really hard to say, because the movie is not good. There are parts where the acting is really cheesy and bad, but I laughed a lot, and it is a 90s movie, and you have to kind of factor that in, because movies are just, we're not as good, right? <laughs> like we're, we're making better right. movies now all around. I'm going to give it a 65. Okay. And that might be a little low. Yeah. But, I mean, definitely a better movie than a 20-something. Right. I'm giving it a 72. Wow, there you go. Yeah, I mean, that is certified fresh. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's I think it's a great movie. And I'm, like, I'm so happy because I was a little worried that watching it as adults, it wouldn't be as entertaining as maybe we thought it was when we were kids. Yeah. No, I think I enjoyed it more as an adult. Yeah, I mean, I laughed a lot. Like <laughs> a surprising amount. <laughs> we talked about that line of like when they like give us, they're like, "Enjoy your new Perkus system suits. 
your parents will be billed automatically. Like that's something we would have never gotten as kids. It's like a funny joke. Right. Or even where he rides his bike in and then picks yes. up his bike and, and like <laughs> so, pumps so, it so as he's it. like walking away with it. It's so good. I loved it. But the whole thing is that I think the reason it was so good is because even though this was a Disney movie, it wasn't 90s Disney humor necessarily. Right. It was more Judd Apatow humor. Right. It's like he made it a little less raunchy and he cut out all the bad language. Right. So they still say like hell and damn sometimes. And ass. And ass, yeah. Mm-hmm. Though there's one that looks like they definitely dubbed over it. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely one a kid saying shit and they definitely dubbed over with shoot. Yeah, because it looked really ridiculous. But I think that's a Disney Plus thing. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Because I know that they've done that in other scenes. Right. Because uh, didn't they also alter Parent Trap? Did, uh, wasn't that like a big thing? Where there they, was one scene of Parrot Trap that was altered, yeah. Yeah, because I remember there was like one, I can't remember which scene it was. It was whenever they do the poker bet and Annie is supposed to go jump in the lake naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't cut it out though, did they? No, but they they heavily edited it. Yeah, okay. And it's not like that was that inappropriate, but right. it is what it is. Yeah, so o- overall, I think it was a great movie and definitely one worth watching and drinking to. Yeah, I think so too. So we're going into Dodgeball. Yep. I haven't seen this movie since it came out in theaters. I have seen it multiple times, but it's been a while now. I think the last time I watched it was in... What year did it come out? 2004. I think the last time I watched it was in undergrad. So, yeah, it's probably been, I mean, at least 10 years since I saw it. Yeah. Well, more than 10 years. So, I mean, I kind of remember the premise, but I'm just going to read it in case anybody's like me and doesn't completely remember so, Average Joe's Jim and its owner, Pete LaFleur, played by Vince Vaughn, are both down on their luck. Oh, it's saying like the Jim and the owner. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A fancy competing Jim called Globo Jim, run by the maniacal health nut White Goldman, played by Bunton Stiller, could also be called Tony Perkis, yep. is about to put Average Joe's out of business unless Peter can raise $50,000 to keep his mortgage. To save the gym, Peter and his ragtag group of Average Joe members and employees enter a dodgeball contest to win a big crash, uh, crash bash. To, to win it. turned into the family guy. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to help these college kids. That's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> to win a big cash prize. Um, in response, White forms his own Globo Gym team to root the competition. You know, that could almost be a podcast drinking rule. Every single time I read one of these summaries, I fuck it up by some some way. It gets worse over time because, I mean, <laughs> just in everyday life, you slur a lot. Uh, right. That happens. But especially the later in the day we get. And sometimes, you know, it's like midnight or later when we're doing right. some of these later ones. Right. And, and then you add alcohol into the mix. Well, yeah. And, and then you're just your tongue just stops working all together. Yeah. It's like I like get like also like a lot of moisture in my mouth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is that a thing? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm kind of surprised that there weren't more drinking rules for this movie. Dodgeball was also Judd Apatow, was it not? No. It wasn't? Mm Mm-mm. Who was it? Uh, Rawson Marshall Thurber. I don't know who that is. For some reason in my mind, it just seemed like a Judd Apatow movie. No, that's way too off the wall. Oh my goodness. What? Uh, so this guy, he played the Quiznos guy in Easy A. Wait, who did? <laughs> That's Ross and Marshall Thurber. Wait, who's the Quiznos guy? I don't know. I'm assuming somebody who works at Quiznos. I don't remember them going to Quiznos. <laughs> I don't know. Huh. And we just watched that. <laughs> I know. Huh. I don't know. Um, he's done, he was the director for We Are the Millers. Hmm. Um. That one wasn't so bad. Uh, Skyscraper? What? <laughs> With Rock? I vaguely remember that. It's like a disaster movie, right? Yeah, that came out at the exact same time as, like, San Andreas Fault, and it had, like, the exact same movie poster. Mm, I remember that now. <laughs> uh, anyways, so that's who this is. Um. Huh. So, not, definitely not Judd Apatow. <laughs> right. Um, as far as rules go, so, our rules are coming from tvtropes.org. Mm. Okay. <laughs> that would have been a perfect one for the last movie. Uh, so uh, obviously, drink anytime they say dodgeball, which is fine because that's also a standing drinking rule. Is anytime they say the movie name, mm-hmm. drink when there's a sexual innuendo, drink whenever someone is hit by a ball, uh, whenever Pepper Brooks comments on the match. Isn't that a uh, Jason Bateman's character? I can't remember Jason Bateman's name in the movie. 
and whenever Steve acts like a pirate. Oh, they do have one thing that says, take two drinks if someone is hit by something other than a ball. Yeah, like the wrenches. <laughs> That's the example they gave. Yeah, so you know what? I actually, back when this came out, I remember reading about how a lot of the actors kept getting injured in, during that wrench scene. I don't know what the wrench scene is. Wait, you have you seen the movie? I haven't seen it since 2004. Oh, I'm not going to tell you anything until you make a shot in the dark then. Exactly. I thought, that's, I thought that's we weren't going to get a shot in the dark. I'll, I'll mention it right after just to finish the story. But I was going to make a shot in the dark for the first movie because uh, I didn't hardly remember. I hadn't seen it since I was a child. But mine would have failed anyway because what I was going to guess is that Ben Stiller's character was going to get fat again because the whole premise is, you know, he used to weigh 320 pounds and then he got super fit. And now he's like this huge health nut and he's mm-hmm. going to get these fat kids in the shape by, you know, having an infom- in like mm-hmm. have an infomercial and do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. That type of character in movies like that always ends up getting fat again. Right. Because like, you know, they eventually break down and like one of the kids like drops a candy bar or something and, mm-hmm. and they end up eating that and then it escalates like snowballs until the end mm-hmm. of the movie right before the credits. They're just like mm-hmm. completely morbidly obese because they gain like 100 pounds and yeah but which also that's right before i i move on with this that reminds me of one thing this movie was about a fat camp where you're supposed to go and lose weight and whatever and it hadn't Mm -hmm. been run that way in the past it was just for fun Mm -hmm. right but it's the premise is that everybody is overweight and they actually need to lose weight like their parents are sending them there because Mm -hmm. they're unhealthy unhealthy and they need to lose weight of course ben stiller then takes that like way too far to the extreme doing like 20 mile hikes and all this stuff but throughout the movie you're supposed to feel like you know okay with these kids like you know they're not really there's they're hoarding candy and eating it in secret and it's all like a, a joke right but then there's a scene where like they're eating behind Ben Stiller's back and they're hiding things in like a log in the woods or something like that because mm-hmm. he already cracked down and stole their candy and the mm-hmm. salamis and shit. <laughs> the <laughs> salamis. Yeah, like literally they brought in all this food. Then they have a weigh-in scene, which is really funny in general, <laughs> but the weigh-in scene is like supposed to be for his infomercial where he can be like, in just one week, they lost blank pounds, mm-hmm. but everybody gains weight. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, predictable. But the, one of the main characters goes in for his way in, and he gains nine pounds. Mm-hmm. Nine pounds in one week. It's not one week, but yeah, it's like a month. Nine pounds in a month is yeah, still I, I, really, I agree. really I agree. insane. That, that's not... Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's so here's the thing, though. If you gain almost 10 pounds in one month, that may be like a medical condition that you need to seek treatment for. Right. Like that, that means you're gaining weight way faster than anybody's supposed to gain weight. Right. So uh, that's a little insane. And after they, you know, eventually kind of kidnap and lock up Ben Stiller's character, they have this like food orgy of like literally putting <laughs> every type of food on everything. And they're like literally like smearing it on their bodies. It's like a very like... I've never like seen a scene where I was like, man, I really want to eat a carrot right now. <laughs> Well, in that scene, it's like, just like a, remember like the Roman stories of like vomitoriums? Yes, I don't (laughs) Where you literally just have these parties so extravagant and gluttonous that you're like eating until you can't eat. And then you just like go and throw up and eat more. Yeah. That is what that scene was. They're putting Mm -hmm. Twinkies on pizza. They were like literally just Mm -hmm. squirting Hershey's down their stomach. So, you know, I understand that this is a comedy, but (laughs) maybe strike a balance between, uh, (laughs) The extreme uh, of the two sides, but I don't know. I, that one uh, stuck out with me that he gained 10 pounds in a uh, in a month. So dodgeball. So dodgeball. <laughs> okay, so this, did, this thing did have it. So it had two caveats to the uh, getting hit by a ball. So they said if it's hit by something other than a ball, i.e. A, ran- a wrench. A ranch. <laughs> See, I can't talk. Uh-huh. Uh, and then take two drinks if the target catches the ball instead. Which only happens at the end. I think. So make your shot in the dark. Okay. So I can wrap up that thing before I forget it. <laughs> um, okay. I think I have it. Mm-hmm. This feels like it's obvious, but maybe a lot of my things that I think have been really obvious for my shots in the dark have never happened. So right. I think like if there's like a scene where like, I don't know if I want to go as specific to say like Ben Stiller's character, but like somebody is talking about dodgeball, like it's like a religion almost Mm -hmm. and like where you could kind of be like they're not talking about dodgeball anymore it's like being taken so seriously that like it's it's just too much i mean that's kind of the premise of the whole movie isn't it i don't think so (laughs) is it well we'll see okay do you know what i mean though like not just like being like i'm taking dodgeball seriously but like talking about it 
beyond it being a game. So kind of like in Beer Fest, how they talk about <laughs> beer yeah. and, and the beer drinking contest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's going to happen, but yeah, okay. <laughs> um, well, so quickly back to the scene that I was talking about. <laughs> so he's, you know, certainly, you know, the scene where it's like, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. That line is now triggering. Like, I remember that line, but I do not remember a scene with wrenches. Okay. Well, he's just throwing wrenches at them. Mm -hmm. So that's what they mean when things that aren't balls are being thrown at them mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, but I was reading that in that scene. So Justin Long is in this movie, too. Oh, yeah. And in that scene, Justin Long, like, got hurt because, like, they were throwing fake wrenches, of course, like mm -hmm. not real wrenches, mm -hmm. but they were still kind of like heavy rubber. Mm -hmm. And so, like, they still didn't feel good when you got hit with mm -hmm. them. And so it kept like splitting people's lips and like, because like in the scene, like you're supposed to get, you know, mm -hmm. if you're an actor, you're supposed to get hit with them and stuff. And so they kept getting kind of hurt throughout these scenes. <laughs> so there you go. Justin Long, once again. Okay. Stepping up to uh, his, his role. <laughs> Just like in Tusk. Just like in Tusk. Which is a movie that we spared you all with. So you're welcome. That one happened pre-podcast, but boy, was it good. <laughs> I love that movie. Well... Yeah, I mean, obviously, the the elf in the room here is that a lot of people probably don't think that this is a bad movie. Yeah, and so it's going to be the good movie, probably. No, it's not for me, I don't think. Yeah. And this is, like, everything I hate. You would think that about heavyweights. You just described a scene where people are getting hit with wrenches. Like, at what point of my life does that sound like something I would enjoy? But, I mean, there are scenes that I wouldn't have thought you'd laugh at in heavyweights that you did laugh at. Get off the scale. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, That's funny. Yeah, but, I mean, there are other scenes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I don't know if I'm excited to watch it, but we're going to watch it. It's going to be good. Maybe. I mean, it's directed by the guy who was the Quiznos guy in Easy A. <laughs> <laughs> How could this not be good? I really want to know who the Quiznos guy was. We'll look it up. We'll look it up during the break. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's go watch it. We just finished the dodgeball. I am vindicated. Okay, so in my mind, Dodgeball was a great movie. Dodgeball was a horrible movie. It wasn't good. It was so bad. Now, here's the thing. People are still going to love Dodgeball when they watch it. And are they? We laugh multiple times throughout I, it. I, I laugh times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just not as good as it, I remembered it being. But it's also from 2004, which is earlier than I remember it being. So I mean, we know like the early 2000s are fraught with horrible movies but this one it's like what i kept saying is that like you now have evidence that ben stiller wanted to basically redo his role of tony perkis from heavyweights in this and it's clear that that's the case especially but, after just but he took it way it. too far like it was so he was so good at heavyweights yeah, and I think it's also the difference of, like, having a movie where you're allowed to be a little bit more vulgar, you know? It was just, it was just too, too far. Like, it was, like, the, that it wasn't funny. Well, I, I agree that he was better uh, in Heavyweights, which was a, almost the exact same character. Yeah. They even have the, you know, they have the instance where his father... Right. Helped him start his company. Right. They don't mention anything about his father. His father doesn't show up or anything. But that's the, like also the premise in Heavyweights. Right. Is like this guy started his fitness company because his dad is like the investor lighting king of right. West, Western <laughs> Pennsylvania or whatever. Right. So it's it's all a similar thing in that regard. It's just like the jokes weren't funny. Some of them were funny. But yeah, a lot of them weren't. It relied on too many stereotypes and tropes. Like, I just, like, was not into it. Yeah, it's clear that in the early and mid-2000s, what was considered really funny were, like, jokes about stereotypes. Mm -hmm. Jokes about stereotypes. Jokes about, like, the type of joke where you're like, I ordered you a stripper. Yeah, but that stripper was a dude. Yeah. Like, because that's a joke that's in this. Or uh, a woman can throw a ball well, so she must be a lesbian. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, no, it turns out she's not a lesbian. She's bi. And then it ends like with them being like, wow. Like as if like that's just like a like sexual thing for the male gaze, not like that's an identity that people have. Right. Or an orientation. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of fits in line with every other movie we've watched from this time period. Right. I'm like, I'm like. 
in my head, I was like, I'm going to ask a challenging question and challenge both of us, which it wouldn't be a challenge for you, but it would be for me. I was like, I'm going to challenge myself to say like a scene that I liked. Mm-hmm. I'm having a really hard time thinking of one. Like what was a scene that you remembered I laughed at that like I thought was funny? I mean, I don't know off the top of my head, but there were like you did laugh. Yeah. Like I, I, I wasn't like stone cold throughout the movie. Yeah. But like I was not enjoying myself like I was watching Heavyweights. But I mean, Heavyweights was the better movie, and that's clear. And right. So it's it's good. Uh, I just the, remember in our uh, last week when we recorded, you whenever you know I was debating on if Heavyweights was going to be my bad movie. You're like, that'd be like choosing Dodgeball as your bad movie. Yeah, it is well, a bad movie. Yeah. So here's the problem: I hadn't really watched Dodgeball since undergrad at minimum, and I remember loving Dodgeball when it came out, but it came out when I was in high school, and. I know a lot of people who like to this day, dodgeball is their favorite comedy. You know what I mean? And so, so weird in my mind, I was like, Oh yeah, that's like way too good. I remembered it being a different type of movie than it was. But again, there are movies that I used to love as a kid, like Mr. Deeds <laughs> love that movie when it came out. But like, if I go and watch it today, I understand that it's like dumber than I remember. Right. Right. But I laughed my ass off watching that in theater. Anger Management is another one. Like all those Adam Sandler type movies Ugh. from that time period, Big Daddy. I used to laugh so hard at those, but but now it's like the jokes don't hit as hard and like they're just cheesy and hokey and like, you know, it's just different now. Was it a good pick for a movie night? Yeah, definitely. They were both really great. And what dodgeball lacked in quality (laughs) again it's still funny there are funny scenes like you'll still laugh probably and especially if you like that type of humor or if you like the movie back when it came out you'll still probably like aspects of it but what it lacked as a movie it won back as a drinking movie boy did it because in terms of the rules you know we had rules about getting hit about catching and about getting hit with things that aren't balls those three rules alone could be the only rules you have. Exactly. That's what, what I was going to say, too. Because once you get past the first maybe like 15 or 20 opening minutes, it's just nonstop. Yeah. It's like almost every scene has one of those three things happening. And sometimes right. like there's the montage of them practicing and trying to get better at like right. dodgeball and whatever. That scene alone, you could like waterfall for like 25 minutes. Yeah. And we almost did. Like, we right. tried to keep up. <laughs> like, we had to stop. <laughs> Especially because some of the rules were, like, you have to double drink. Right. Like, you know, you have to take two sips if if it's, um, if they catch the ball. Yeah, I, I say that's not necessary. No, and but the whole thing is just, like, you can't keep up with it. So, at some point, you're going to have to be, like, okay, this string of events right, counts I as like, one drink. Yeah, but yeah. exactly. But, but so, it was probably the better drinking movie. Right. But I did enjoy Heavyweight's a little bit more, I think. I uh, yeah, I I enjoyed it a lot more. Maybe it's also the difference between the Quiznos guy <laughs> and Judd Apatow. I, it must be right because like that's I don't know. I've never seen Judd Apatow credited as a Quiznos guy. Not that I remember. Well, and he wasn't the director though. I don't remember who directed Heavyweights. Um, uh, I do, but I can't remember. Okay, well. So, I guess that means I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) I do remember, but I don't remember. Well, either way. His name was Stephen Brill? Is that his? Oh, that sounds right. Yeah, I feel like that's the name of it. I'm not looking at anything, but if you're listening to this, if you go and, like, Google this, and I'm right, take a shot. Yeah, okay. Anyway, good good pairing. And it is the perfect order to watch that in, too. Heavyweights first, dodgeball second, because you do get to see him try to reprise this role you get to see all the connections like not just that character and how he acts it's not just that he's like a a fitness obsessed kind of crazy guy right like that's the baseline of it right but then there are other aspects of the movies that overlap as well right and so you get to see all that when you watch them back to back i think i think it was a great pairing and i think i appreciated this pairing more the other pairing i think like i said would have been great too Right. Um, I just thought it would have been a different vibe. 100%. Yeah. 
Well, I was going to say, so, like, you know, like, there are other rules as far as drinking rules go. And so, like, it was, like, every time they say dodgeball, which I think was good, there was whenever Steve acts like a pirate and whenever, is it Peter Pepper that Jason Bateman plays? I can't remember his name. Something like that. Uh, Whenever he comments, that's, like, a, I, I would take that rule out completely because there's never a point where Jason Bateman's character isn't saying something ridiculous. Right. Talk about a scene that you did laugh at. The Jason Bateman scenes. I, well, I love Jason Bateman. We yeah. established that in episode one. Yeah, but you you laughed out loud at those scenes. Yeah, because I love Jason Bateman. Almost all of them. If I were to add a rule to this, I would add whenever they talk about the five Ds of dodgeball. Because that gets brought up so many times. Yeah, it's kind of surprising that he didn't have that. Yeah. Because it's like a mantra almost. Right, exactly. I can't even... Do you remember what all they were? So it was... Dodge, uh, dive, dodge. duck... Dodge, dip, dive, duck, dodge. dodge. Yeah, dodge repeated. Yeah, gets repeated. Yeah, and that guy, uh, the the guy who played Houlihan, mm-hmm. the coach, um, he died not that long ago. Oh, okay. So R.I.P. Uh, well, it's, so did uh, Ben Stiller's dad, who was in uh, Heavyweights. He just mm-hmm. died this past year. That's so sad. Yeah, and he was the more famous of the two because you know he was also in Seinfeld and stuff like that. I don't know if I call him more famous of the two, like in current times, but yes, he had a career. Okay, I am dying to know what are you rating dodgeball. So it's hard, and going into this, I thought for sure I was going to be in like the sixties or something like that. <laughs> no, but like just going <laughs> off of my memory, right? And what's hard is that a lot of these things I saw in middle school, high school, early undergrad, and then I haven't seen them since. Mm-hmm. And in that time period. I just loved dumb comedies. Mm-hmm. And so like this type of thing was like my jam. Mm-hmm. And so I loved these types of movies when they came out. But then sometimes I'll go back and rewatch these and they're, they're just not as good. Mm-hmm. And comedies have gotten better since then, I, th- I feel. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I would say a 35. I'm going to be at a 35 because it was still funny kind of. So here's the other problem. The problem with Dodgeball is that it was so overquoted. It's one of those movies where, like, you know, you had a guy friend in high school or even a a friend, like a roommate in undergrad who said all the quotes from that movie. Right. And it's like as someone who, like, had only seen it once right when it came out, like when I heard things like no one makes me bleed in my own blood. Yeah. I'm like. Seeing that now, I'm like, why were people quoting that? It was funny at the time. Or it's like, is it like Coolahan who says, like, did I have to drink my own urine or something like that? Oh, yeah. yeah that's when he's talking about his stuff. Yeah. Which, uh, that brings up one one thing that uh, I found interesting. So, Coolahan's character says a lot of ridiculous things. He's kind of senile in some ways throughout the thing. But he's also, like, the classic coach who's like just screaming at the players you know he throws the wrenches at them which Mm -hmm. we talked about before um but he also just says a lot of weird verbal insults Mm -hmm. and a lot of them are like way over the top some of Mm -hmm. them also have like slurs in Mm -hmm. them and 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 whatnot like we always call out when we watch these 90s and 2000s movies but the scene where he's like yelling at them at the tournament Mm mm-hmm I read that the reason he was doing that is because he was basing it off of the hockey coach from the 1980 whatever. I think it was 1980 Olympics. I don't even know who were. That's that like is. the like the Miracle on Ice team. I, I, I'm pretty okay. sure that's the one. Well, you remember like when the United States were big underdogs and then they went and won the won the hockey like. No, I mean I uh, I remember whenever. Uh, the Mighty Ducks competed against Iceland in D3. Okay. That's about it. <laughs> That's about the equivalent. But yeah, this is a real life story, though. This is something that really happened. I, okay, either cool. way, it doesn't matter. There's a real life coach that coached that hockey team. They were just a bunch of, you know, like underdogs that went on and actually won and, and whatever. But I guess that coach like yelled at the players like that. Mm-hmm. And like that's what he was basing it off of. So it's mm-hmm. not even just made up. The coach actually said like insults that ridiculous. Mm hmm. And I guess that's like a thing that he had heard about or read about or something. And so that's why he did those types of uh, comments throughout the movie. Well, man, he made such an impact. I'm glad that he was able to pull from that real life source material. 
isn't that weird to go like <laughs> to be like i'm gonna base this on a real character yeah yeah that is weird my rating so i'm actually giving this a higher number than what i actually think it is but it's to just you know make a point i'm giving it a 26 which is what heavyweights was rated on rotten yeah. tomatoes which is a travesty i think 26 is a little high for dodgeball but i think it's fair given the cultural relevance that it has and that how it stayed around for almost 20 years i'll give it that no desire to rewatch this i thought it was fun to watch i thought it was a perfect pairing with heavyweights yeah i would recommend pairing heavyweights and dodgeball i do not want to watch this movie again right well and one of the things i keep thinking about is that i think what made dodgeball worse is that in heavyweights now they do have all the dumb humor so they have fart jokes they have and again, you have to think that it's like a kid's comedy, right? right? It was a Disney comedy. Right. Which is different than Dodgeball. But, you know, so the fart jokes aside, the jokes about fat kids jumping in a lake. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's a whole montage of like where the humor is supposed to come just from them being overweight and mm-hmm. jumping into a lake. Mm-hmm. Right. If you If you neglect those types of jokes, they had surprisingly more jokes that were like dialogue free mm-hmm. or in the background or mm-hmm. so like good comedies normally have those types of moments where it's mm-hmm. not just you like saying something ridiculous mm-hmm. where it's like how you do something. Mm-hmm. Heavyweights had more of that mm-hmm. than dodgeball did. Agreed. Dodgeball relied entirely on being over the top and like so insane. You're supposed to laugh at it. Right. Whereas heavyweights, you had like we talked about before where like he's riding his bike, gets off, picks it up and starts curling it. Right. That's a funnier scene than him taking the pizza and like shoving it down his pants. Agreed. Right. And, Wait, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, and fits so much better with like the character. Right. Of him being like just excessively like I'm always mm-hmm. exercising right. all the time. So I'm going to like bit like bench press my bike or, or curl my bike. Like, right. Well, I'm glad we had this pairing. I'm not mad about it. Yeah. So we are recording right now at the precipice of a important holiday weekend. Yeah. The- <laughs> like you're like, yeah. It yeah is. It's al- it's almost the purge. <laughs> <laughs> In some ways. Go see the uh, forever purge. <laughs> uh, it is the Fourth of July weekend coming up. Um, you know, that day that we celebrate where we didn't actually gain our independence, but it's fine. Wait, did you not hear? Fourth of July isn't celebrated anymore. We passed Juneteenth as a holiday and that overwrote July 4th. Did you not hear? Oh, I I heard Mitch McConnell say something like that. That's what I saw on Fox News. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They're not in the same month, but it still overwrote it. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Just to be, just to be clear. Well, I can't have my fireworks or hot dogs anymore. Okay. Nope. Um, anyways, so a good friend made a very good recommendation to us that I think we're going to make as our next movie pick in honor of the 4th of July. By the time it goes up, 4th of July will have passed, but... It's 4th of July week. Exactly. So we will be watching Independence Day 1 and 2. Neither, I think, are the good movie, right? No. Independence Day 1 is the good movie. Oh, I've never seen either of them. So here's the thing. And, And especially... From the stance of people who like Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Independence Day 1 is the good movie. You may not like it. You probably won't like it. Independence Day 1 is the good movie. Independence Day 2 is horrendously bad. Okay. I haven't seen it, but every review, everybody I know who's watched it, they all said it was terrible. Does that have to do with aliens? They all have to do with aliens. Why? That's the premise of Independence Day. Why can't I just be about winning the Revolutionary War? Wait, what? You want to go watch like The Patriot? <laughs> More than about aliens. Oh, goodness, Ashley. Well, there's no Patriot 2, so we can't watch the Patriot and Patriot 2. I don't think Independence Day was about the Revolutionary War, was it? No. What? You thought the... What? What what is happening in Independence Day in your mind? Are these aliens in the Revolutionary War? No, no, no. I mean about the real Revolutionary War and Independence Day. The real one, not the movie. What about it? Does the Revolutionary War have anything to do with July 4th? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> we're we're done talking <laughs> i'm tired the uh like i said dodgeball has a lot of uh, waterfalling drinking rules so 
Yeah, I'm like at that point of like deliriousness of like I've had too much to drink and it's time to go to bed. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, so Independence Day does have to do with aliens. Okay, but it doesn't That's have That's the whole premise that aliens are attacking Earth and you have to find a way to stop them. The second one kind of looks like so I know it's supposed to be a sequel, I think. So I think in the second one it's the whole premise is just like you beat them last time, but then they came back. So I think that's the whole notion of the of the second movie. But you know, a better movie about aliens, Contact. I don't know what that is. You haven't watched Contact? I hate alien movies, Sean. Well, there's not even really aliens in Contact. Isn't it about c- Contact with aliens? Yeah, but not like in the way that you're thinking. It's not like Mars Attacks or something. Or the like, only type of alien movie I like is like a movie like Arrival. Yeah, Contact is like the predecessor of Arrival. Okay. Contact well, is like where all movies like Arrival came from. Well, Arrival came from a short story, so. Yeah, but I mean, like everybody was influenced by Contact. So Contact was written by Carl Sagan. So it was a book in the 80s. They adapted it in the 90s into a movie and it had Jodie Foster, mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey in one of his earlier movie roles. Wait, Jodie Foster was in Contact and Alien? Uh, yeah. Huh. Um, she plays like a scientist. She's like the, um, I think she's the scientist who develops the way that you can contact them. Interesting. But so contact though, culturally was huge because it came up with that whole sequence where like the scientist is like, you know, trying to think up like I'm brainstorming, like how do I solve this problem? And then they like look at their drink and they're like, wait a minute, water, water, hydrogen, hydrogen, oxygen. Yeah, like where like, they like they combine all of it and then mm-hmm. it, you like go down the domino until you get to the end. Mm-hmm. That's like where that came from. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I think I probably would rather watch Contact than Independence Day 1 and 2, but here we are. I think it's a good I think it's a good pairing. I'm interested in watching it. I've never seen them before, so. It's just insane that you haven't seen them. It's just insane you haven't seen them. I think it's insane you haven't seen Heathers, so. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that one soon too, but Will Smith? Yeah, like, Will Smith is a person. Yep. You probably won't like it, but we'll see. Hmm. I'm all about a themed movie pairing, so I'm for it. Yeah. Well, and this is, like, the perfect time to do it. It is Independence Day. (laughs) In the future, we can choose... (laughs) Yeah, in the future, we can choose um, The Purge 1 and 2. I don't want to watch The Purge 1 and 2. And 3 and 4. And 5 and 6. Yeah. And Forever Purge. (laughs) Okay, well, this was fun. We're going to record our Independence Day episode earlier than we normally do, but that probably means nothing to anybody listening to this. But If anybody's interested in watching Independence Day. Yep, that's happening. <laughs> okay, well, this has been fun. See you next time. See ya. <laughs>